This is The Ideation Project, Season 1, Track 10. We live in a world enchanted by shorthand. We've grown an enthusiasm for everything abbreviated. In our culture of speed, we reflexively place a premium on communication that is bite-sized. We now forego sentences for acronyms. We bypass explanations and empower hashtags. We replace the expression of emotions with the compression of emojis. Birthday greetings used to involve a handwritten card. Then we downgraded to calls and emails, then text messages. Now you give a heartfelt birthday toast by typing HBD on a Facebook post. It's economical. This is a shorthand culture. We're obsessed with putting everything into little boxes. But what happens when that shorthand is used to describe entire groups of people? What are the implications of assigning quick singular identities to the complexity of human beings? Is this an age of metonymy? A linguist will tell you a metonymy is a word or phrase that is used to stand in for another word that it's associated with. Like metaphor and simile, it can be an interesting literary device or a way of providing shorthand in everyday speech. An example of a metonymy is saying pen to mean the written word, as in the pen is mightier than the sword. We're not talking about the physical object, but what it represents. Similarly, when we say the White House issued a statement, we're using White House to mean the staff working within the building. The crown is often used in place of a royal person, a suit stands in for a businessman, or Hollywood is the stand-in to mean American cinema. These are examples of metonymies. But what happens if we apply a metonymy to an individual or to affect the way entire groups of people are perceived? Metonymical references may generally be benign, but they become more problematic when they play into social stereotypes. We've long used a place name for people who live there, but what happens when we use the place name for the stereotype of those people? Look at a pop culture precursor as a case study. In the classic 1985 movie Back to the Future, there's a scene in which Marty McFly has to elude some hysterical brown madmen who are trying to kill him. He and his mentor Doc Brown scream, the Libyans! Now it may be that the nationality of the bad guys in this scene was correctly identified, but that was not really the point. We were expected to know that Libyans is a metonymy for one-dimensional terrorists who want to murder friendly Americans. Middle Eastern people may have been dehumanized in the process, but popcorn sales didn't really suffer. Of course, that was over 30 years ago, and that was just a fun film. But a case might be made that similar examples are even more widespread in today's Trumpian culture. In a time of Twitter and fast food information, there are real-life metonymic models that are, similarly, used to categorize groups of people in order to serve political or ideological purposes. Metonymy can feed religious stereotypes as well. So now, think of the way Donald Trump has sometimes used the word Muslims as a metonymy. This is a case where a religion is harnessed to stand in for the caricatured traits, actions, and motivations of massive swaths of people. It is madly reductive, but it's also disconcertingly effective. When the president famously made his case for a ban on all Muslims as a candidate, there was no attempt to explain or discern that Muslims are far from being monolithic. 
that those who identify as Muslim are arguably the most diverse group of human beings in the world, found across every inhabited country, comprised of every race and ethnicity, or that Muslims have been the most numerous victims of global terrorism, or that Muslims have widely divergent practices and societal norms, from Edmonton to Brussels to Kinshasa to Dubai to Kuala Lumpur. All of that nuance and clarity does not serve the purpose of the metonymy, which amps up the symbolism of one word to underscore a dangerous stereotype. And the upshot of this can include attacks on innocent Muslims, as we have seen recently in the United States and elsewhere, because they become shorthand for the enemy of patriots. This is not dissimilar to the way the word Mexicans has been used by the president to telegraph a lot more than identifying those who are citizens of Mexico. When candidate Trump complained of a federal judge's heritage being Mexican, it was understood that this was a metonymy for untrustworthy, alien, or somehow criminal and in opposition to making America great again. Turning people into singular identity symbols is worrisome in a planet of diverse and complicated individuals. And the irony may be that President Trump's predilection for metonymy only advances a practice that also applies to him as an individual in profound and potent ways. The Trump name was, for decades, shorthand for celebrity, wealth, and a certain type of resilient businessman with a flashy style. By inverting the metonymy of a building for people in it, Trump made himself a metonymy for opulent buildings. It was a one-dimensional character of his own making. But now, each day, in real time, the word Trump is a metonymy that is entirely changing around the globe. It increasingly is being used to represent all manner of negative traits, from impatience to intolerance to boorishness to narcissism to incompetence. In fact, that word, his name, in the shorthand era of the hashtag, may have become the most scathing metonymy of all. <laughs>